You are listening to a trip to India podcast, the podcast where women inspire women to dream big. In this episode, meet singer, poet, dancer, and all around performer, Amira of Atlanta, also known as Drea. Miss Drea has a spoken word album called Prelude that is available on Apple Music. So please listen and stay tuned. I will include a snippet of one of her singles, Tipsy Gypsy. And there you go. You'll be able to find her there. So is there anything else that I should know about just what you've been doing? Like anything you want others to know about um, your past, like accolades or accomplishments? Um, I would say definitely the first, the spoken word album, that was my first baby. Um, it took, it took about two, three years for that just to get finished because it's, it was a journey just trying to find the right producer and working with beat makers in their basements. And mm. I worked at a dog groomers shop and singing in a closet, like just random, really weird, um, recording stories. So when I was finally able to find the right producer who actually flew me from Texas, I was in Texas at the time to New York city and he was able to invest in my first project. And he actually did a lot for me in my first experience as like an artist coming out. That's interesting. Yeah. That's like a whole quest. Yes, it definitely, it it was. um, Definitely getting into that. So we're going to put that on pause. Yes. Because before we get deep into the conversation, which I feel like is going to be a really good one. Okay. I love to break the ice with the uh, game, two truths and one lie. So we're going to do okay. three rounds of that. I'm going to try to figure out a little bit, which is fun because most of the women that I've done this with, I've, um, I have like a prior relationship with, so I know certain things. So the mm-hmm. fact that I'm starting from like a blank Canvas, this is going to be better. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. Um, First truth, um, I wrestled in college. Second truth, I don't know how to twerk. Third truth, I am a classical pianist. Well, you have the piano behind you. I believe you can twerk. So the lie is that you were a wrestler in college. Yes, that is a lie. Now, you're no context. I wasn't. I didn't know what to write. I was like, I don't even know. I'm not really good at like lying. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't really. How do I say that? But one of my my best friend and close friends in college were wrestlers. They were girls. Yeah. Oh shit. Texas. That um, Tamara Mensa Stock is representing the U.S. at the Olympics. Ooh, yes, and she has a twin sister, Tarkia, who was who is a close friend of mine. And all of the girls at my alumni uh, at my college um, were wrestlers. So Where did those you go were my. To school? I went to Wayland Baptist University, a theology oh, college in Texas. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yo, I hope yeah. that wasn't a part of like uh, your other two truths in a lot. Actually. I studied classical piano. I was a piano performance major at Wayland. So I was a classically trained pianist. That's what was my major, piano performance. And um, I really don't think I know how to twerk. It took me a long time to know how to twerk. It just I just know my back hurts when I do it. (laughs) 
I don't know how girls do it all night long because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be smooth and I'm going to do other things besides twerk. I'll twerk for a little bit, but it took me the longest time. Remember the girls at the club be like, okay, I'm going to show you how to twerk. Twerk and I was <laughs> for, the, for the, the 20 through 24 crowd. <laughs> I feel like after you pass a certain age, it just don't move the same. <laughs> At least I, I feel like I don't twerk the same. I used to go crazy. I, don't <laughs> I, I grew up very conservative, so I didn't know um, much of dance in that type of realm. Mm-hmm. So it was really out of my element. It took, me, it took me a while to get kind of used to it. I started dancing in the clubs like at 26, 20, no, 25, 26. So I was a little later. I wasn't mm-hmm. starting out like 19, like some of the other mm-hmm. I know, like, YouTuber stars started dancing at that young I, I did it and mine kind of happened because I had to it wasn't by choice oh I get what you're saying okay yeah you can't, like it was a, it was a survival thing for me yeah you can't do a different mindset yeah so let's see around two yes what's your hmm? second what's your second uh two truths in a lie oh there's three rounds oh, okay <laughs> we'll, do, we'll settle for two if you don't have three <laughs> okay um Let's see. Uh, my favorite color is blue. Uh, let's see. I have I have studied in Vienna, Austria. And my third, my mother was a professional singer and musician in the army band. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to just tell you a little trick. I feel like everybody lies on the first one. We do. And they tell the truth on the other two. Yes, I do because I'll I'll lose track. I'll lose track. <laughs> I've done like a couple of these so far, so so funny. So your favorite color is not blue. What's your favorite color? Pink. pink. Baby pink. pink. Yeah, like pastel, like Barbie, like my mouse type pink. Sailor Moon. Anime pink. Yeah, very very girly. That or black. So. <laughs> Did your mom influence you? Like, did she inspire you to um, be in yeah, most well? Um, My mother, she was always performing and touring with the military band. And as a kid, we would go to the band hall and listen to her practice and rehearse. And one day she just said, play this. And I play the flute as well. Mm-hmm. So while she was practicing, I would just learn how to play the flute at the same time. And I play every now. I bring the flute to the club. Yes. <laughs> oh, like uh, hustlers, I bring the flute. I'll be playing. I'll, I'll play too sometime. All right, Lizzo. <laughs> I'm, not as, I'm not as um I'm not as uh, fluent in flutes as Lizzo is because I chose piano uh-huh. as my. Partner. It's more of a secondary instrument. I love and, strings. Yeah, she. So she, her doing that, and then my biological father was a singer, and he loved the piano, and. Um, he's probably the main reason why I still play the instrument because it was his favorite, but him and I don't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it with, with that influence. My mother's a huge, huge influence, lots of musical theater, jazz. I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. So I'm missing, I'm missing a lot of R and B, hip hop, pop. I didn't know about that till I went to college. Wow. I didn't have the internet computers none of that till I went to college so it was a culture shock mm-hmm. for me when I turned 18 my parents were like go you got to figure it out that's the last thing they said 
they took the phone, the car away, and they just said, figure it out. And I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> still, I think we all are. Everyone is. Even our parents, I think, at some point, we're just, we're all just trying to figure it out. Because I feel that way now. It's once you reach a certain age and you're able to, like, understand your parents a little bit on, like, why they operate the way they operate. It's just really yeah. weird once yeah. you see them as individuals and not just parents anymore. Yeah, exactly. That is like the weird. Yeah, you start to stop resenting them and you forgive and you're like, oh, it makes sense now. I'm like, oh, okay, mom, I see you. Yeah, well, you, you know, did the best that you could at that time. Like, I'm doing the best that I can at this time. I mean, I don't have any kids or anything. I'm still single like a Pringle. Exactly. But it's it's there's a focus that I had to do in as far as like survival and some girls dancing is fun but for me it's, it's a it's, yeah it's, it's yeah to me it's a business and it's helping me get to where I need to be it's a stepping stone still is um even though I sometimes I enjoy it sometimes I don't there's some days I'm like uh I can't wait to be in an office I'm like hell no I don't want to be in an office say that and I'm not saying but I'm a, um, I'm a server, so I understand. And we say that because stability just sounds so. Yeah, but stability is boring. Exactly. I like the. I like <laughs> knowing. I mean, so like, stability is as, important, but. Yeah, starting from the starting from the bottom. Now we're here. Like I love that song because you go in the club with zero dollars, and you're like, yeah, I came out with this much, or you made your goal. It's a rush. And in general, it's it it is. Um, I still have a hustler's mentality. And it's constantly always going. Even when I'm not working, I'm still figuring out ways to look at where I can invest my money. Um, how to, how can I take another class or get another degree that will make me my pay a little bit higher in the long run? When I'm like, because you can't dance forever. Mm-mm. Your body, mentally, like, and mentally, it is it is a dark place. People may not think so, but the club is very dark and on the spiritual level. And I got. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So before okay. we get into there, okay, I want to punch in what a trip to India is about, and then we're gonna go into it, and we're gonna go yes. to a couple places, okay? Yes. So I love. For those of you, if this is your first time listening to a trip to India podcast, I just want you to understand that I created this so I can have a space where women can feel inspired and comfortable with exploring like any of their ideas. And I just want to hear real testimonies from creative women like yourself who are actively pursuing their dreams, dropping words of wisdom and, you know, just letting them know that if you can do it, they can do it, too. And getting into the details that I believe that most people who get into this realm of, um, I don't know if it's entrepreneurship or just like encouraging people to like start their own businesses or dreams and careers, they leave out certain key elements. And I want to dive into those spaces. So right before we cut off, I want to first get into your first album. Okay. Because that seemed very, very interesting on how you took. I'm really interested in your mindset on what made you take the leap and trust someone to take you from Texas to New York. And knowing that New York is like, you're like a fish in a huge pond in New York. But like, you took the risk. It's something about you taking the risk and the move to New York. I don't know what that was about. 
Okay. Um, so it started off, I didn't have a social media growing up. So I didn't get a social media till even in college, I didn't have it till maybe I was 2024, 25. No, sorry. Where am I? <laughs> We're not. That's like way. 2024. 2024. <laughs> I didn't have. No, um, so you were 20 my boyfriend at the time broke broke up with me and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get an Instagram now because I don't know what that is. So I got Instagram and now I, I just barely learn what Snapchat is. So I'm like, I yeah, anyways, found this guy on Instagram and he I messaged him saying I would like to work with him. He was a Grammy winning, um Grammy, Grammy winning, he had all these accolades on his like profile and he worked with everyone. Like if you was went like to a his producer. Yeah, he was a producer. Um, it was Robert L. Smith from Defy Recordings in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the business for a long time. He was a, he was an older guy, but he's worked with everyone from like Whitney Houston. He has like all these stories of like all these big artists and stuff. And we eventually, we just started messaging each other. We, we He became sort of a mentor. Mm-hmm. So I leaned on him a lot during, there are some things that were happening to me while in Texas, my hometown, El Paso. Okay, yeah, I don't really like to claim that. <laughs> so mean to me out there. Oh. They did not. Me. I had to go to. I had to go to New York to be for my music to be accepted or for me to be accepted. El Paso didn't really. So sorry, they didn't let's like. Let's talk they about that. So yeah. Like, what was that like? Because you you sought him out. So I want to know what made you make that move. Like, what made you decide? Like, you know what? I'm. I'm taking my career seriously. Like what made you realize like, okay, I need to move different. This town isn't for me. I need to go somewhere where I'll be appreciated. What was that like? What space were you in? Um, That space, I was sexually assaulted in 2016. My mother kicked me out afterwards. She said I was a disgrace to the family. So there I had to move from El Paso to Lubbock, Texas, which is where my school was at, well, Plainview in that area. And I was sleeping on a floor at a professor's house and not a couch, a floor. Mm -hmm. And then I was working at also at a gas station, organizing peanuts, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make a way. And I remember just, I wasn't dancing time. This was like later. Um, I was just being a, working at the gas station, playing the piano, practicing eight hours, six to eight hours a day, trying to learn this, whatever I had to learn at the time. And I was like, no, I need this. I want this album. I need this album because it was that assault. Tipsy Gypsy was the start of this album. And I wrote a lot. Excuse me. I wrote a lot of poetry mm-hmm. and writing poetry helped me get through a lot of things. And it was that song that really made me. I was like, I need to get it out. I just wanted to get it out. I wanted to finish something because I I didn't finish college. I failed. I failed in college. That's why I had to go back to Lubbock as well. I failed my senior recital, which is like an hour's worth of music classical by yourself with no mm-hmm. like memory. And for some reason, I just couldn't. It just wasn't working. I would practice and practice and practice, and I would fail. I would go to the jury, fail, go to my lesson, fail. I was just failing, 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 failing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, I, maybe I just need to take a break. Um, but he's, we still kept in contact. He was there through all when all that happened. Mm-hmm. And um, one day he was like, you know what? And I was I was even driving from Lubbock, which is six hours to El Paso, back and forth trying to record this album. Mm-hmm. And 
they were saying, oh, I'm Pro Tool certified, but then they would send the files with no labels. Like there, there's a whole thing with producers and labeling that there's, as far as like professionalism, that was mm -hmm. lacking. Mm -hmm. That's anywhere I experience, even here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit, but my, but I work with the best in New York City. So my, my standard is really high. Mm -hmm. um, you come from a music background, so. Yes. And I'm used to deadlines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that was what it was. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to fly you to New York. And I was like, what? By this time, we've been friends for about a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Just messaging, talking on the phone, just being real. It was, he was always, it was, he was like literally like the uncle I never had type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm the oldest of four kids. So I never had, and my mother was very strict on me and I had to raise them. And I just never had anyone to guide me. No one, I never had any guidance. My mother was busy doing her music thing and she got sick and mom and dad, just a whole bunch of drama, things Life like that. Life. <laughs> Life was happening. It really so felt like I, you went through like the dark night of the soul. And then that's what made you like, and I asked that because that's a big move. And I felt like that's only somewhere. It's where like pressure make diamonds, if that makes sense. It yes. felt like I knew that it had to be something um, that forced you to do it. Like the universe low key, like. It does. Even when you're not even ready. When you're not even ready, it's still. Exactly. It felt like, I don't want to say forced because it was organic, but exactly. You got to a place where you felt like it was this or that yeah I think even on the day of my jury the second time I didn't show up because I knew it was going to fail and then I flew to New York mm. and we we did we recorded we finished recording the album he we did my first music video which is a spoken word more of like a, a small short film in Brooklyn in a in an apartment in Brooklyn mm -hmm. and then I flew back and at this time that's when I was working like two hotel jobs, saving money, trying to get to, I was like, I'm going to go. My sister's like, Hey, she lived in Delaware, which is only three hours away from New York city. Oh, okay. So I was, I was saving money so I can fly or so I can at least drive to New York and work with this, this guy. Mm -hmm. And eventually I did. And it was funny, the journey to Delaware, my car breaks down in Nashville <laughs> of all places. It's just like, like, oh my God. But thank God that guy that the producer guy, he had friends in Nashville. I got to stay at their place. So yeah, I got I to Nashville has a good uh, music scene it, as well. It does. It was cool. And they had like a little um studio and there's he's very the, the guy I knew was very networked and he was able to he even flew me from Texas to LA or yeah, to LA to um the NAM show. Mm-hmm. And I had my first gig after the premiere of the of the album out there in Orange County. It was called Stories or something at this Orange. It was in Orange County. It was really, really cool. But I, I regret, for some reason, I have a lot of trust issues. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I've just felt like I couldn't trust him. So I stopped talking to him. And I regret that to this day because he did a lot for me. But I just got, I didn't, I wasn't used to someone helping me. And I have nothing to give. Oh, girl, you're a preacher to the choir right now. Like when someone, even if someone pays for my dinner, I'm like, hey, let me get the tip. Tip something. I'm not a gold digger. I, yeah, I can't. 
I'm not a taker. I'm a giver. So when I wasn't able, if I'm not able to give, then you, give you don't you, feel. I, I don't feel. Worthy. I don't feel like I'm worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, girl, we're there. Some days I want to call them up and be like, you know what? I am so sorry. Do you think that it was I, um, fear of success or like self sabotage in a way? Definitely, it was. Oh yeah, because I was getting gigs at Rockwood Music Hall. I had a gig at the Jewish Art Museum with this another friend of his, and it was it was for a really good great cause. It's for the Immigration Coalition. Mm. And there was like lots of politicians, artists from all over, just there, and I didn't show up. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you want I. I've, I've learned, I've learned some tough lessons. But that's the stuff that I'm interested in. And that's the stuff that people need to hear. Because when people hear about artists and performers, they literally just see the success. Right? Yeah, yeah, like the output. Not these moments where this is really a mental battle um, because it's you. The whole yeah. thing is you. It's not a company. It's not a business. It's mm. not like a product. It you don't is- have any backing. Yeah, it's you. You're selling yourself. So that comes with like a lot of like mental uh, strife. So I need to know throughout all of that, since you've learned your lesson or you're learning, I won't say learned, but you're learning and you saw what does confidence look like to you? Because that is also a confidence thing as well, because it is now you have to. The confidence comes from trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust yourself, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. When I'm on stage half naked or naked, man, I got to be the baddest bitch in that room, mm-hmm. even though I'm not feel it, but I got to believe it. Even if it's just for three minutes for however long the song is. Mm-hmm. Woman, I got to make sure I got to capture everybody in that room. And actually, I found confidence in the strip club. I found confidence. I found confidence and drive and hustle in the strip club. So people want to talk bad about it and have a negative, whatever. I'm, I'm educated. I have degrees and I'm still, I'm working there. I'm getting my second degree. And, but I learned a lot about business because the business of the strip club is very similar to it's entertainment to any, but confidence comes from just trusting and you got to believe it. Even if it's, fake it has to be real within however many for that period what's the interview you have or i'm confident i'm gonna like land this job i'm gonna get into this program the more you speak it and i think it's also on a spiritual level as well like you have to manifest it you have to yeah claim you have to speak it loud i'm going to make i'm gonna make three out three eps this this year excuse me god i had a donut earlier um and it's happened. And also um, writing out, writing out your goals helps and then scratching it off. Yes. My monthly goals. That how that's also helps me confidence. It's also what I've learned. I now that I have another mentor here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's good to me. Um, my mentor here in Atlanta, he's tell he's told me that you have to celebrate the small victories. Mm-hmm. And it's those small victories. That gives you a little bit of confidence every single time you see it building and building and building and building and building. And you're just this whole, like, I came to Atlanta with nothing. My dad's like, fly over here. I was in Delaware. Mm-hmm. And at that time I was in Philly. 
So I was, I was doing gigs in New York, Philly, and Jersey doing mm. um, work. And I was also in the clubs as well. And he's like, yeah, fly over. You know, all you got to do is watch the house. All you got to do is go to school. You don't have to work. I'm like, yeah, dad, you're going to help me. Go, dad. But then he moves from Germany and he's like, you got to leave. Oh, Oh, man. All the money I'd saved, all that I had, I had to put into a down payment for a lease here in Atlanta. And then the quarantine happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, but the hustler mentality, I was like, you know what? I'm going to survive this. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people lost their houses, lost their homes, lost a place to live. But I, there's some things you got to swallow your pride with. You had to do what you had to do. I mean, so I do is that crazy. what you feel like? Because um, I don't really have like a negative connotation um, to dancers or the dancers world. I understand that like, is, like, like you said, it is a dark place. That's yeah. because of the things that we're indulging in the in the setting, yeah. and the people too. Yeah, but it depends. There's yeah. beauty in there. Is yes. Well. And yes, do you feel sure. like dancing has like um has like trickled over into your um, overall performance? If that makes sense. Yes, that help it has. A dance has helped bring out a lot of um artistic expression and going in different crevices of my creative mind mm-hmm. that I didn't know existed, which has also been a confidence booster as well. So it's I've I have my own way of how I record. When I book a session, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I have like it's more of a little bit more private, but like I, I have a whole can we get into that? What's your uh, method? My method? Um like what's your setting? What's your perfect studio session? Yeah, you know, perfect studio session. Um, I like it when there's no one else there. Right. Sometimes so. Atlanta can have the studio that I record at. They have rappers. Love them to death. I love rappers. Their music <laughs> will be really, really loud, and sometimes it leads into like my session. Mm-hmm. And my music is more like soulful, quiet. It's mood music. So. That, that's the only thing. Um, but it has to have dim lighting, mm-hmm. perfect and candles. Mm-hmm. Um, I only want me and my producer. I don't want anyone else in there. I don't let another engineer. I He's the guy I work with who's my mentor, my producer, my teacher. He he does both. He's an engineer and a producer. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And he helps me get into character or bring out what I need to bring out for the track. Is it and like we, a um that it works? Is it like a spiritual um experience as well? For sure. For sure. Because like pouring your soul out. Yeah. You it's you come out tired. Mm. You come out very tired. I know mentally I have to I'm like, I'm I'm so tired, I gotta get it. But he's always somehow he's always able to pull it out and he can hear it when it's you can hear when a singer, when it's forced, when it's not, when it's organic, when it's not organic. You can hear all that. Even in some of the mainstream music, you can be like, okay, this person was not feeling it, but she had to do what she had to do because she's getting paid to do that. Mm-hmm. You can hear all of that. And so for my audience, when they do hear my new music, I want them to hear how honest it is. Mm-hmm. And, but it's scary. I don't even want to put it out. It's been, this project's been done 
like what a year. You, what do you say to that? What do you say to, because I know a lot of creatives have this issue as well. What do you say to that when you feel like you're just not ready to share with the world? Like, how do you overcome that? I have no idea. It, a lot of it, you just have to just. Or is it a timing thing? Or it is a timing thing. For us, it's like a Jack. <laughs> Morpheus. Sorry, my pug. Um, you have to know. Actually, you don't know. It, it, there's, a, there's a timing. Like, I know I have, like, I have the artwork done. I had a music video. But. I knew something with this guy, it wasn't going to work out. So I'm having to reshoot the video mm -hmm. from the bottom on that. And I had a feeling, which is, but I, I wanted to wait a little bit because for me, a lot of artists, they get some, I don't know if everyone works this way. As soon as they're done with a project, they put it out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. But me, I like to have at least three, four, five, six, seven, eight projects. Okay. Done. So mm -hmm. when that's out, I'm still working on project eight. Yeah. Even though that's one. I'm really impressed and inspired by your work ethic. Um, I have like two questions that yes. I want to ask. Um, I guess the first one is like, how many hours do you think is necessary for someone to um who really thinks that they're serious about their craft? to put in on a daily basis, if not daily, then like a weekly basis. Okay. For sure. Daily, whatever instrument your primary instrument is. If you're a vocalist, I think um, both for vocal health, you should practice at least an hour to two hours a day, but separate um, for instrumentalist. I practice a minimum of three hours a day. Mm -hmm. So an hour and a half for one session, hour and a half in the second session, just two sessions of practice. No, that's, so, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's, that's that. But you also have to think of the time you put in for writing. No matter what kind of, what, no matter what type of artist you are, you should write something, whether it's a word, a period, a paragraph, a couple lines. You have to write every single day. So that's, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I set time, excuse me, I set time aside and I have, I'm old school, I have a SARS and the dictionary. Mm -hmm. Up. and sometimes just the words the power of words and there's so many different meanings it has mm -hmm. is is life-changing for me I'm like okay I gotta write this to the song um but it also helps if you have a really good system with like a producer mm -hmm. and if you're a self-producer which I'm learning like I'm taking audio engineering lessons um that's taking me some time oh god um <laughs> You could, but if you have someone to work with that's following up with you, like that, that's also helps. So I would say a minimum of 20 hours. A week or a day? A week. Okay. It's <laughs> like, girl, we got 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so say you do an hour of, of research. Say you want to do a, a project about constellations. So you're going to go to Barnes and Noble or the local library and you're going to go check out some books. You do some reading. So that way you're referencing it correctly. You're immersing yourself. Hour. Immerse yourself in whatever, whatever your concept is going to be for that song or that album or whatever. And then an hour of just practice, whether it's scales, technique, 
uh, da, 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 whatever it is in your mm -hmm. voice. And the third one is an hour of listening. A lot of artists, singers, instrumentalists, you have to do at least an hour of listening. You got to study at least an album a week, put it on repeat. If you're a lyricist, study the lyrics. That's what I do. I study an album a week and I put it on repeat oh, over and over. Random oh. artists? Any art, yeah, any artist. It can be, sometimes you do great. Like this week, um, my producer's having me listen to Stevie Wonder, mm -hmm. all of his albums. So I'm listening to all of his albums, listening to his harmonic structure, his lyricism. I'm really nerdy and I also don't have no, many friends. I love that. <laughs> okay, so before I wrap it up, because I'm going to yes. wrap this up a little bit. Before I wrap it up, do you think that it is essential for artists to stick with one um like have your main producer or is it better to just um shop around if that makes sense do you like you know how drake has four i i want to be like the political answer no you should have variety <laughs> but i believe having in one that's like jack of, you you have jack of all trades or master of none mm -hmm. it's like a girl who sings Say a girl who's like who sings really good at hooks, right? She mm -hmm. sings a hook, but then, but she only sings a hook for, I don't know, I don't know, JP, <laughs> whoever her producer, yeah. yeah, whoever whoever it was. But it'd be like she only sings hooks for him. Mm -hmm. But now she's singing hooks for this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. She then and now her value kind of lowers mm. because she's working everybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why being exclusive to like one or maybe one or two. But to me, if it works with one guy, keep it because you guys know how it works. Because it's hard to to find that type of chemistry. Chemistry. It's really hard to find, at least for me, because I'm a very I'm not an easy artist to work with. Well, not that I'm hard, but artistic wise, like I have a high level yeah. of artistry. And he's able to keep up. Mm -hmm. I'm not having to like, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. He does it right on spot every single time. And I tried, I've tried venturing out, but they don't do what he does. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with him. And it, it's easier and it's able, and you're able to really, you just watch yourself grow. Yeah. But we think um, every now and then it is healthy it's like you have your favorite restaurant right that you mm -hmm. go to you know what to expect you know it's good they change sometimes they change the menu but you always go back to your favorite meal mm -hmm. every now and then you're like you want to venture out but you always go back to to home so you got to have a home producer i like that i like that. Home, but then you can go out i don't There's know it's people that come to mind no, yeah. I think of like Missy and Timbaland or Timbaland and Aaliyah or Drake and 40, like I said, or yeah, it's like a couple duos where, yeah. So as I wrap it up, this is yeah. my last question, I promise. Oh. I, know, it's really good. I like, and it's making me think, and I'm probably going to call my mentor and be like, hey, so this happened. We got to get it. Yeah. So yeah. I hope it like creates some, um, inspiration for your next song call it india no just playing but <laughs> oh, i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> so i always wanted to know this is how i close every um interview it's my okay. reflection moment 
Okay. Take yourself back. Know all that you know now. Know all that you've been through. Okay. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self after high school? Like, fresh out, going into life. What advice would you give to you? Okay. The first one would be, don't believe the first guy that says he loves you. He doesn't. Yes. I regret that to this day. Um, He's the only thing I would take back. Um, Second one is trust your gut. Mm -hmm. You are right. You're always right because you avoid a lot of pain, a lot of uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. A lot of things would have been avoided if you just listened to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's confidence. It comes down to confidence. And then the third one would be always um, prioritize yourself first. Prioritize. No, you're number one. Everyone else is secondary. Yes. It's hard. hard. (laughs) It's a mental problem. Yeah, it is. Like, not like be like super selfish, but um, put yourself, make yourself a priority. Put your dreams first. Don't put some guy's dream and help him get there and then he leaves you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, no, don't do that. Trust That's what me. I did. I think we've oh, done man. times. <laughs> man, oh, man. I wish. Oh, God. So now I and invest. Invest. If it, anything you invest in is yourself. Invest in yourself. Take lessons. Go to college. Finish your school. Get edu- Be educated. Take random classes. Read. Read a book a week. Mm-hmm. Study. Just invest in your in your in knowledge because people can take your money, they can take your house, they can take your clothes, but can, they can never take your spirit, your faith, and they can never take your knowledge. Knowledge is power. That is so true. Yeah, yeah your I faith. I always advise people just to educate yourself all the time because why not pour into yourself? But I love mm-hmm. all your your advice because we've been there. Where can yes. we find you? How can we get in touch? Um, I hate social media, but I just <laughs> made an account just for this podcast. Okay. Uh, Amira of Atlanta. Since I don't know, I'm probably going to have to change the Drea name since there's like so many other artists by that name. Mm-hmm. But Amira of Atlanta is on IG. I think I have like 13 followers. I have no pictures. Boost um, my girl up. Follow Amira of Atlanta on Instagram, guys. Um, <laughs> That would probably be it. Um, email, but that's who emails these days. Yeah, we're not doing that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, email and you know, check here. You got mail. Um, yeah. So just, I just, I made that specifically since I talked to you a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and so that's what I've been using. I just love you. And I'm so grateful and thankful that you joined me on my show. I'm going to be honest. And every time you speak, it just makes me want to ask another question or go into something else. But because we don't have that much time, I know I can't do it. And it's really crazy right now. But I really want to thank you so much. Your story, your music, your poetry, just your body, everything. I love how organically this came, how we met. Everybody doesn't know how we met, but we met. Yes. I was definitely like, she's something. I don't know what it was, but I was like, yeah, she's something. We gotta, we gotta thank know you. who she is. So I'm very, I love I, it so much. The help. Yeah, no, thank you. I was, I was really surprised because I get right, that a lot. It was random. 
it was very random and he actually followed through and I was like, wow. I was like, I like her. Oh yeah. I was serious. I was like, oh no, we got to get her on the show. (laughs) Well, thank everybody for listening to a trip to India podcast. If you have not done so already, please hit that subscribe button. So you will stay up to date and meet new amazing people. Just like my girl, Amira of Atlanta. Also join the conversation on my Instagram page at a trip to India podcast. And if you want to learn something specific, please email me. We still do emails <laughs> at ask at a trip, the number two India podcast.com. And I'm going to see you next week. Thank you. Yes.